Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Shunstadt Way of Life podcast. I am your host, Julia Monin, and author of the book, The World is Noisy, God Whispers. Today on today's podcast, this is the podcast for October of 2019, which, will, which of course, this is going to be released on the 18th of the month, October 18th, and this is our founding day. So happy anniversary to all of us, Shunstadters in the movement. This is a special, special month, a special day um, for us this month. But on the podcast this month, what we're going to talk about is we're going to go back. You, you might recall two podcasts ago, we talked a little bit about the visitation and offered you some reflections about the visitation. There is so much more about the visitation and we're going to talk about our founders, some of our founders thoughts on this, this mystery that we we reflect on often when we're praying, when we're praying the rosary. So we're going to spend some time talking about the visitation today, quoting some of the words of our founder, Father Kentonick, and, and really, um, hopefully allowing us, especially as women, the message more so for today is is probably going to more so resonate with, with the women listeners. But regardless, this is what we're going to be sharing today. And this is all kind of in preparation for um, next month's podcast. So next month, I am planning on sitting down with Sister Danielle Peters and Father John Larson, the author co-authors of the book Mother Thrice Admirable, an introduction to the Mariology of Father Joseph Kentonick. And I'm hoping to sit down with them um, and, and record a show that will be for our November podcast. And so I'm going to be referring to their, some of the things they mentioned in their book today. So we're preparing ourselves for that. So I've talked enough without opening up in prayer. Let's go ahead and put ourselves in the presence of God. And I want to do that today by reading you a quote from St. Teresa Benedicta of the Cross, also known as Edith Stein, St. Edith Stein. She writes, to speak to God is easier by nature for woman than for man because a natural desire lives in her to give herself completely to someone. Let me read that again. To speak to God is easier by nature for woman than for man because a natural desire lives in her to give herself completely to someone. More on this and what this all means as we unfold the podcast today. Now some words from our founder. These words are printed in the book I just mentioned, Mother Thrice Admirable, by Sister Danielle and Father John. And they are words of Father Kentonix. Um, Father Kentonix was speaking to a mother's group, and he was offering reflections on the visitation. And he was um, making the connection that the, this visitation, when our, our lady went to go visit Elizabeth, right, in the home of Elizabeth and Zechariah, that when... When we invite the Blessed Mother into our homes through through in Shunstadt through our home shrines, or perhaps you receive the the traveling shrine, the pilgrimage shrine, when she comes to visit your home, it is like the the visitation is reoccurring. That it's it's like that. That's what Father was saying here. It's like Mary is is when she visited Elizabeth is what's happening in our homes. Mary is visiting us, and here is what Father Kentonick has to say about this the special moment between us and the Blessed Mother, since we now take our lady into our homes, and because we are convinced that she will do in our homes what she does here in our shrines, great peace can encompass us. Why? Our lady undertakes to do from our home shrines what we are unable to do. The child shall leap in his mother's womb. What does this mean? If we apply this saying meaningfully to ourselves, it implies that Our Lady will take our children under her protective mantle. She will take over the responsibility for seeing to it that despite the chaos of the world today, despite all the phenomenon that we regret today, phenomenon that indicate the death of the family, our children, our flesh and blood, 
will find the way to God and hence also to heaven. A very great gift. And when we look at the mother, Elizabeth, what was the effect of her encounter with Our Lady? She began to prophesy. Her supernatural instinct was outstandingly awakened. This is also what we long for and expect for ourselves. We don't merely want to be able to string religious truths together. We rather want the whole supernatural organism to be awakened when we let Our Lady exert her influence in our home, the home where father, mother, and children are together. From this, we expect a great transformation at a time when the emancipation of women has come to a head. I shall return to this point later. And the man, he suddenly found that he could speak again. He had been dumb. How often we notice this muteness, even in our husbands. I do not know whether this is actually so, but how easy it, how easy it is for our husbands to lose the gift of speech. What speech is meant? The language of conversation, of personal conversation with the living God. Instead of this, he speaks constantly in every possible language, language that concentrates on self, on his own drives, on material things, on the materialization of life. When we hear and meditate on all of this, we may be sure that Our Lady will also take our husbands into her school of education so that they again learn the art of supernatural conversation, of engaging in loving dialogue with the living God. Again, those were thoughts from Father Kentenich on, on the visitation and on, on how when we bring the Blessed Mother into our homes through the Shunstop movement in the home shrines, that we too are putting ourselves in, in this in this scenario, a visitation of our mother. And we also can expect these very same things, these things that happened in the home of Zechariah and Elizabeth with John the Baptist, we can expect these same things to happen in our homes, that the children will be taken under the mother's protective wing, protected under her mantle, and, and that they, she will bring them home to the father, that the women in the home, like Elizabeth, will begin to prophesy that this, this natural instinct that's inherent in a woman will be awakened, right? And, and that we will grow closer to the Lord and, and, and this, this natural, like, like Father Kentonick mentioned, this supernatural instinct will be awakened. And then our men who aren't just, just by who they are as men, the, the spiritual life, you have to understand, and this is what um, St. Teresa Benedict of the Cross was saying too, the spiritual life and living in close communion with, with the Lord, with God, comes more naturally to a woman than it does to a man. It's inherent in the woman's being, okay? And so so we have to understand that this isn't, Father Kentonick isn't downplaying men. He's just saying it's, it's more difficult. It's more of a challenge for men to converse with the Lord. And yet, this is what happened in the home of Elizabeth and Zechariah. Zechariah, who of course was mute, who couldn't speak, when the Blessed Mother came to visit them, his, his tongue was loosened and all of a sudden he can speak, right? And he's speaking of the glories of God. And this is what Father Kentonick is telling us too, that this will happen in our homes with our men, that their tongues too will be loosened and they will begin to understand how to speak, especially to God the Father, right? And become leaders of faith leaders in our homes. So a beautiful, something else beautiful to sit and think about with this visitation. I mean, this mystery just keeps unfolding more and more and more and falling more and more in love with it. Um, but but why I wanted to bring this up today, yes, Father Kentonick's insight on this is very f- profound, and I wanted to bring that up because I do hope to bring on, like I already mentioned, Sister Danielle and Father John on next month's podcast, where we'll get to talk about what else is contained in this this book, their book, Mother Thrice Admirable, which I really loved, by the way. It's really, really well done, and just helped me fall in love with Father Kentonick even more, which I'm guessing was the intent behind this book, actually. So um, anyway, I'm excited to chat with them. But in addition to sharing with you, 
Father Kentonick's words found in that book. I also wanted to share with you something that I wrote recently. This is something that's going to be going out to um, people in the movement. I think maybe next month. Actually, I'm not really sure of the plans, but it's a report that I wrote about about this theme, Women Touched by God. And this is in preparation for an event that is coming up next June. Um, And I know that seems like far away, but trust me, it'll be here before you know it. And the planning committees, there's um, Shunstop Mothers leaders within within the nation that are already meeting, planning this event. It's going to take place um, June 25th through 27th out in in Waukesha, Wisconsin. Um, And one of the assignments that they, they offered to us was to, for a, a select few of us to write reports that are going to be sent out among uh, to to people who might be interested in going to this event to kind of promote what's some of the topics, some of the themes we're going to be discussing at this event. Long story short, um, I was assigned the report on women touched by God. Actually, funny story, my mom was assigned the report um, women touched by God, and then she gave it to me to do. And then I was just trying to put like, this is like such the choleric in me. And maybe we'll talk temperaments at, in a later podcast. It'd be really powerful. But this is such the cleric in me because I thought, well, mom was really supposed to do this. So I'll just like put some thoughts on paper and then send it. And then she can just pick up. I'll just get her started. And then she can just pick up where I left off. Well, long story short, I did the whole thing because that's what a cleric does is <laughs> we just we just do it. So anyway, I wrote this report, Women Touched by God. And I want to share that with you um, now today. This is along the same things of, of what we just talked about with, with Father Kensenick and the visitation and this supernatural instinct that that's inherent in women. So again, let me read St. Teresa Benedict of the Cross's quote, to speak to God is easier by nature for woman than for man, because a natural desire lives in her to give herself completely to someone. Okay, here's, here's the report. Truly, we have much for which to thank the emancipation of women, since many false teachings, many injustices, and many practices that enslaved women have been overcome. But the aim can never be to put man and woman on the same footing, or to consider man and woman as existentially the same. The truth is, the two sexes are not alike. They are of equal value, but they are not the same. Hence, everything depends on whether women exemplify the ideal of woman. Those are Father Kentonick's words as found in Sister Danielle's and Father John's book. Women, by virtue of their nature as women, have a supernatural instinct not found in the nature of man. In other words, living in a close relationship with God and becoming a person of deep prayer and service comes more naturally to a woman than it does to a man. Hence, women, by their very nature, are touched in a very special way by God. In fact, it has been said that the woman is veiled because of the intrinsic God-given ability women have to be close to God, to hear his voice, and to pass along his words to others. The veil is a sign of her relationship to God, which as part of the feminine nature is meant to be hidden, quiet, intimate, and open to hearing the wisdom of the Lord. And those thoughts on the veil come from Carrie Gress's book, Ultimate Makeover, The Transforming Power of Motherhood. Okay, continuing with my words. When talking about the evangelizing effects of Our Lady's visitation to Elizabeth, Father Kentonick pointed out that the effect of the Blessed Virgin's encounter with Elizabeth was that she, Elizabeth, began to prophesy. Her supernatural instinct was outstandingly awakened. He goes on to inform us that we don't merely want to be able to string religious truths together. We rather want the whole supernatural organism to be awakened. Again, as was said before, women, by their very nature, have a supernatural instinct not inherent in men. 
It is in having this supernatural instinct awakened that God, who from the very beginning of creation has touched the feminine nature of women in a very special way, chooses to, through these same women, touch the world. For, as Father Kensinick says, just as there would be no redemption without Our Lady, so there cannot be a fruitful Shunstadt realm without our Shunstadt mothers. This may seem like a tall order for us women to live up to. The topic might even perhaps seem a little daunting to those of us who doubt our own inherent supernatural instinct. And yet I can tell you from my own life that after encountering the Blessed Mother, and therefore the Lord Jesus, whom she brought with her in her womb, my own personal visitation, in my own personal visitation, I too, like Elizabeth, had my supernatural instinct awakened. Perhaps this isn't the case with everyone. In fact, perhaps some women stay close to the Lord throughout the entirety of their lives, so much so that their supernatural instinct never falls asleep to begin with. But I think for many of us, the case is similar. We from birth know how to remain close to the Lord in a prayerful way, but then somehow lose this ability as sin creeps into our lives. Regardless of where you're at in your soul's journey, it is reassuring to know that if this supernatural instinct is inborn and therefore naturally a part of our being as women, then it takes just a little stirring of the coals to get the fire going again. And what are some ways that we can cooperate with the grace the Lord gives us in order to stir into flame the low-burning coals of our God-given supernatural instinct? One way already mentioned would be, of course, to invoke the help of the Blessed Mother. This can be done in a real powerful way by making a consecration to her. Other ways might include deepening our lives of prayer, invoking the intercession of the community of saints living in eternal life, extending ourselves in acts of service inside and outside of our homes, and of the utmost importance, bathing ourselves in the sacramental graces of the church by increasing in fervor and quite possibly in frequency our reception of the sacraments. So to close, let us pray. May we, members of the feminine race, specially touched by God from the very beginning of creation, continue to comfort, console, nurture, teach, and guide the world around us by allowing the Lord to awaken within us the supernatural instinct we have in the deepest part of our being. And so that concludes the report that I wrote. Again, this is a report that's going to be going out that's going to help promote this this event that is coming up in Wisconsin in June. It is the National Mothers Leaders Workshop, and it's an anniversary day event. And I will be there, and I would love to see you there too. It's going to be wonderful. And anyway, this is a report that I wrote that's going to go out to help promote some of the themes that we're going to be talked about at this event. Well, my question to you on this podcast, especially you female listeners, thinking about what we talked about with Father Kentonick's words, what he offered to us as some reflections on the visitation, what happens when the Blessed Mother goes to the home of Elizabeth and Zechariah, she takes care of the um, child, right? The child leaps in Elizabeth's rooms. This super, this supernatural instinct is awakened in the woman, in the person of Elizabeth. And then the, the deaf, the mute, um, I'm sorry, not the deaf, the mute man, Zechariah in this story, his tongue is loosened and he begins to speak as well. So, but particularly for the women, I have some reflection questions, something we can sit on in the days and the weeks to come. Has the supernatural instinct inherent in you as a woman been outstandingly awakened? And if so, how can you tell? And if not, what might the Lord be asking you to do in order to allow it to be?
something for us to think about. And even to even sit with this idea that that as women, we do have this supernatural instinct inherent in us is possibly something that you've never thought of or never realized. But now that I've put that out there, now that you've heard it, I think you'll agree that it makes sense, doesn't it? This is often why we see the women as the leaders of faith in the family, because it becomes more naturally for the women. It's not that the men are lazy. It's not that the men don't love God. It's not that the men don't know how to provide and aren't great servants of God. It's just that it becomes more, it comes more naturally to the woman. Um, That's part of our being. Okay, so lots of things to think about. And then I have a side note, um, something on the side I wanted to mention to you. You may recall that in one of my first podcast. I I believe it was episode two. We talked about the personal ideal, this, what this is meant in Shenstad and and what the personal ideal is. And I kind of unfolded what that all means and then unfolded to you on a personal level, like what I was prayerfully discerning, what my personal ideal might be and what I was sitting with. And I just have a side note with that. So another little reflection to offer with that, um, because as time has unfolded and months have passed since first, um, doing that podcast with you, more about my personal ideal has unfolded so much so that it's changed and it's not what it what it was what I mentioned on that podcast you might recall that on that podcast I mentioned I was kind of sitting with this idea of perfect surrender perfect obedience the perfect accomplishment of God's holy will which is good and holy and I think there's an aspect of that in what I feel like God is is now calling my personal ideal to be or creating my personal ideal to be um, but anyway I offer that to you that that this has changed in my life and that there's a different ideal that's sitting with me now and I offer that to you today in case you're in a similar boat because I think as you are unfolding your personal ideal you and I think I mentioned this on that podcast too but you sit with different themes with different ideas you think well maybe this might be it that kind of makes sense. I think we're close. And then more unfolds in your life. And as you continue to pray and discern about it, something else is like, well, I don't think that was quite it. I think that kind of got me going in the right direction, but this is sitting with me much better. And I will say this new ideal, which I don't necessarily feel called to share with you right now, um, but this new ideal that the Holy Spirit has placed on my heart makes so much more sense. And it's definitely come to like a place of like peace, like, oh, I think this is it, right? Um, For one thing, it's much shorter than the first one. That was just a mouthful and was probably too long to begin with. But anyway, if this is you, if you're still praying about your personal ideal, if you're just still discerning your personal ideal, be okay with the fact if it hasn't come to fruition yet and if you're still making tweaks and changes to it, it's perfectly okay. And I wanted to offer that to you as as just a word of encouragement, right? That that un- as, as our lives unfold and as we continue to discern it, God unfolds it with us, okay? And so we don't always have it and what we come up with first is, isn't necessarily always what we stick with forever, okay? So that was that seems like a lot, um, but I wanted to touch on a few things. I wanted to... Um, yeah, I wanted to talk about this book, Mother Thrice Admirable, which I hope to be bringing on the co-authors of next month by Sister Danielle Peters and Father John Larson. We talked about the visitation and what Father Kentonick teaches us about about the visit, what happened during the visitation and how that is comparable to what happens when we bring Mary into our homes through the home shrine, through the graces of the home shrine. Um, and then, I, of course, I read to you the report that is, is helping to promote this um, Mother's Leaders Workshop that's going to be happening next June out in Waukesha, Wisconsin, which I am going to go to and be a part of, and I'm really excited about that, and I hope you will prayerfully consider joining us out there. Um, So with all of that being said, 
We are going to wrap this podcast up for the month with prayer. And if you want to stay in touch with me, if you want to communicate with me between podcasts, please go to my website, theworldisnoisy.com. You can also follow me on Facebook at Julia Monin Author. I would love to hear from you. And, and most importantly, just know that I'm praying for you. And I humbly ask that you might keep me in your prayers as well. So without further ado, let us go ahead and close in prayer, the prayer of imitation of Mary. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Let us walk like you through life. Let us mirror you forever. Strong and noble, meek and mild, peace and love be our endeavor. Walk in us through our world. Make it ready for the Lord. Think in me, O Mother, that my thoughts be clear and bright. Speak in me, O Mother, that my speech be true and right. Work in me, O Mother, my work is then well done. Then holy is my labor, my rest a holy one. You penetrate my being, fill every part of me, that all your ways and conduct in me each one can see. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.